720 WGN. It's Let's Get Legal. We are powered by the Illinois State Bar Association. He made it. Stephen A. Lee, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> I did make it. You're uh, fine. My friend David Hockberg's calling me names because, what, what are you, a rookie? You don't know what's going on here? <laughs> but like you're saying, you, you, you're still running in uh, COVID travel times. Yeah, exactly. I th- and, I, and even the, I gave myself a little bit more time, but it's like, it's like, it's like old Chicago out here now. So. It's fun. Yeah, it is. I don't see anyone stumbling around yet. Oh, well, I saw plenty. Oh, you saw? I'm just too high up. <laughs> right. Everyone's too small right now. I, I can't saw see. Plenty. Yeah, we'll go out later. Everybody on. seemed to have fun. That's great, though. You see this party across the way, I, I do. And we can wave at them, see what's going on. They always have a party every single St. Patrick's Day right across the way. Uh, Remember not, when I was here for the, uh, the fireworks? fireworks? was yeah, awesome. It's a great view we have yeah, here at absolutely, WGN. Absolutely. Um, all right, so you do all sorts of taxings, fightbacknow.com. you got a seminar coming up next week. Walk us through a little bit about uh, what you do and how you talk to people, meet them at their level. Okay, so I, I help people with taxes, but I do more than that. And this is what this whole Fight Back Now uh, program is about. It's... You know, how can I help business owners uh, succeed, right? Because being your own business owner, right, starting your own business, it's a, it's a passion for people. Mm-hmm. It's what the, it, most people who start their own business, they, they, they start the business and then think about how it should work afterwards. Right, They're, and sometimes they find themselves in a business they didn't even know they had started. Exactly, because, you know, They're you doing start doing hustles. something that you like, yeah. and then all of a sudden you start making money. It's like, well, this is, this is nice, mm-hmm. but... But you didn't think about it, and uh, and as John and I were talking off the air about this because too many people look at like their labor is the only input in a business, mm-hmm. and so they don't charge enough. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so you have to think of yourself. Think about a big corporation and think all these different departments that they have. They have an accounting department. They have a marketing department. They have an administrative department. Then they have the people who are doing the work. Your business has all that, too. Mm-hmm. And when you price your product your services, you have to include all of that. And too many people don't do that. And right. that's what leaves them short. Right. You're a child of uh, small business owners. It runs in your blood, and now you help small business owners out. It's a great American story, Stephen yeah, A. Lee. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we were talking a lot, of, and I think this has happened a lot even with the pandemic, when a lot of people were forced into doing their side hustles. Or maybe they were working from home. They had more time. They started doing, and we talk about it. On, uh, they had the opportunity to start. Right. It's like people look for, well, I can't start this because I got this right. job. And I, you know, and I just got laid off, and here's this new business I got going. And a lot of people are still filing their side hustle income that's grown and grown and grown. On their personal taxes. They're still using their personal credit cards. They're still using their personal banking accounts. Because like you said, it didn't start as, I'm starting this business. It was just some side income. That can cause some major hiccups, right? A- absolutely. And again, if you, when you find something that you could make a living doing, and mm-hmm. you, run a, you should protect that with everything that you have. Right? You know what I mean by that is that f- treat it like a business. And stop and, you know, again, think about how I can preserve this uh, because whenever you fall behind in your taxes or you're having record keeping problems or this, you're putting that business at risk mm-hmm. and you don't want to do that. You found something. Protect it just like a child. Speaking of protections, when you are commingling all your payments and you haven't incorporated or not even done an LLC, let's say you and your new business that you didn't even realize was a business get sued for your business activities. They can come after your personal stuff, right? Absolutely true. And that's so 
you know, first and foremost, when people think about corporations or limited liability companies, right, they're thinking I should limit my liability, and that's true. That's mm-hmm. a big that's a big uh, uh, benefit and a big reason why you should do that. Just to, just for that reason is enough. Mm-hmm. But all these other things that come along with starting your own business, I think. Uh, it, is is amplified even more than the limited liability. 312-981-7200. We can try and answer any tax questions you have. We uh, Stephen can either know the answer off the top of his head like he always does, or he can follow up with you. As I always say with Or what I'll do, I'll ask John, because John's pretty good. <laughs> well, I'm just Googling it. I usually Google the questions as they come in just to make sure. Uh, so 312-981-7200 is our phone number. Fight back now. Dot com is where they can go to reach Stephen. What's your number, by the way, Stephen? Where can people reach you? 312-664-6649. We're just getting started. I saw an article, and I want to ask you, true or false, uh, true or false, whether you agree with this interpretation from the Washington Post about things that trigger an audit. I think a lot of people, their ears are up this year because of the IRS hiring 87,000 extra employees, not all of which will be agents. Stephen and I have had this fight over the air a couple times already. <laughs> not a fight. I agree with you. Yeah, exactly. Not all agents, and but and they say they're not going to go after people over 400,000. In fact, the new IRS chief who was just uh, confirmed by the Senate on a bipartisan vote, sort of-ish, <laughs> a couple of people swung the other side, uh, has said that they won't target people over $400,000, but... You've talked about this, and I never thought about it this way until you put it this way. When you are training new IRS agents, you don't hand them the case of the multimillionaire and say, go after this person. I think that they need an audit. Where do they start, and where do they learn how to, how to do their job? Absolutely. Well, we're, like any other job, you start at the beginning, right? right. Smaller businesses, and, the, and first with individuals, then businesses, then b- larger business, and then the big guys. Because... Mm-hmm. You're going to be crossing swords with the professionals, right? They hire professionals, mm-hmm. tax preparers, and tax pr- professionals, and tax attorneys who know the who know the uh, tax code, mm-hmm. and so you better know the tax code. And the only way you're going to know the tax code is is starting to work it, right? Starting that's to work it. That's so the only way habits. you're going to know it. Okay, so I'm going to offer you the six things that they say trigger an audit. You let me know if you agree or disagree. Okay, number one, being a millionaire. Do you think if you make that much money, you're immediately susceptible to it? They say the more you earn, the higher the likelihood of an audit. Agree or disagree? Well, I think the statistics, are, you know, that's really the argument with Werfel and everybody is like, hey, wait a minute, look at the millionaires. They're not getting the, – the, the numbers have come down. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so, you know, I think that, yes, the more money I make, the more likely it is that I'm going to get a, an audit. Although, again, the, I think statistics show that that's not true. Yeah. Well, good thing I'm not a millionaire, huh? <laughs> First time I've been excited not I'd to like be to one. Be ex- I'd like to be... Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> right, exactly. Go and audit me once. If I'm a millionaire, that's fine. Uh, they say that based on 2019 report returns, 1.3% of taxpayers earning $1 million to $5 million were audited. And yes, that number is going down. Uh, that's compared to 0.2% for taxpayers earning 25000 to 50000 uh, but they do say that was the same audit rate for taxpayers in the two hundred dollars to $500,000 range. Anyways, okay. Here's number two. Failing to report all your income. Is that an immediate red flag or a quick red flag for well, an audit? Well, if they know it, right? Mm-hmm. And this is where people, this is what's going on with, we talk a lot about this when I'm on the show here, about information returns, right? 
1099 R's, 1099 B's, 1099 K's, 1099 NECs. NECs. Exactly. A lot of those. 1099 miscellaneous. All of these are what they call information reports. And these information reports are sent to you for your tax returns. But it's also sent to the IRS. So they have these too. And that's where you're going to get. And it's not really an audit where they call you and say, hey, we're going to come and look at your books. What they do is they send you a letter. It's it's a uh, CP2000, I believe. And they send that you That sounds this- like a villain in a Terminator movie. <laughs> exactly. They just send kinda, me the CP2000. It kind of is. Okay. I'll have to remember that. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Don't steal that. No, you got to give me credit if you use it, Leahy. <laughs> okay, done. All right. Okay. Uh, okay. So they send you this letter. And it's, uh, this letter simply says, this is what you said. Mm-hmm. This is what we found. Tell us we're wrong. So it's not an audit. It's a... Tell us, tell us, why are we wrong? It's an examination, it. but it's, yes, exactly, exactly. Prove why it. are we wrong? Tell me, and this, unlike a criminal law where you're innocent and proven guilty, mm-hmm. right, you're guilty until proven innocent. If I get a CP2000, I'm like, oh my gosh, dumb mistake. I did get it, or maybe the 1099 came late and I didn't think I could change it, and you then rectify it. Are you good to go and you can avoid an audit at that point? Well, or if you say, oh, I did mess up, they go, boom, audit. No, because what will happen is they already have it worked out. In okay. the notice that they send, oh, you. and they say this is what you go. This is what we cal- recalculated that you owe. If you don't tell us that you don't owe this, you owe it. So right. pay it. So you can send them a check. Okay, and then you're done. You weren't audited, but they're they're calling that an audit. So if you call that an audit, then yes, that would cause an audit. Right. Again, not really an audit. So that's like a, a mini audit, a CP two thousand. They call it a correspondence or, or audit. Oh, that's that's really polite of them. Nice <laughs> correspondence. Okay, we got four more to get to on the list, but we got to take a break. Where can people reach you, Stephen? Uh, go to fightbacknow.com. Uh, if you're a business owner and you need uh, want to talk about your taxes, go to fightbacknow.com. And you're doing seminars. There's one next Thursday, the sixteenth, right? And right. people can sign up there as well or give you a call, 312-664-6649. Our phone number is 312-981-7200. We also have a question of the day, and uh, Dawn has been holding on for a while. So after this break, Dawn, I'm going to get your guests and reintroduce the question of the day. And more with Stephen A. Leahy here on Let's Get Legal, powered by the Illinois State Bar Association on WGN. WGN, Stephen A. Leahy is... Uh, you're stroking your goatee trying to get an answer to the question of the day, right? <laughs> Here it is. This law passed with 98% support. So basically unanimously passed by Congress, signed by the president. It came only 19 years after this bill originally failed to even make it out of committee. So at one point, it's so unpopular, nothing happens. And then just about 20 years later, it passes unanimously. It's been very effective since it was passed, but has not met its true ultimate objective what the heck am i talking about let's go to dawn dawn uh what's your guess scott's law the the pullover and if you see uh like a car like a police officer or something on the side of the road yeah slow down move over there was a third point but i don't remember that drive with caution move to another lane yeah exactly uh no it's not the answer dawn but that is a good reminder i'm glad we said that that if you see a vehicle with their lights on please people just move over to another lane dawn good guess thanks for playing and thanks for holding okay okay have a good one you too we're gonna get you a uh the winner will eventually get a desktop weather station from american weather makers 312-981-7200 if you have any guesses steven you haven't figured it out yet have i have you? not okay that's fine. and i haven't googled it that would be cheating yeah exactly well i make these questions very hard to google that's the point if exactly. anyone's wondering why does it, i can't google this yeah that's the point 
I don't want to give you the year or anything like that. So I make these vague sort of things. Okay. Uh, we're going through the top six reason, according to the Washington Post, about why you might get audited. The first one was that if, if you're rich, basically, you might get audited more. Uh, failing to report all your income, Stephen, you know, helped us out, letting us know, you know, that you've got to report that income. Number three is, is, is similar. It's forgetting that the IRS is receiving information about you. Exactly. That's what we were just talking about the last one, right? So they are getting information about it. And every year, they get more information about it. Yeah, they do. Billions of pieces of information now for the, what, 300 million of us that pay our taxes, probably right. less than that. Um, my question for you is, and this comes up a lot, ooh, I thought I was going to get a 1099 for this. I didn't. Am I okay not to report that income? Love this because it gives me an opportunity to talk about my... I was going to call it my favorite amendment, but not really my favorite amendment. The okay. 16th Amendment, right? Okay. Which says, all income from whatever source derived is taxable. So if you don't get a 1099, it's still income. You still have to uh, report it. The, the, uh, there's a floor or, or uh, of $600 on some income. So if I made $500, does that mean I don't have to report it? No. You still you have to report it. You still have to report it. You made $100, you got to report it. You got to report it. Babysitting. They, they, they even babysitting, right? Exactly. Even if it's cash, doesn't matter. So there's a big uh, thing on Twitter this year. It comes out every year because what what's the IRS say? If you steal a car, you have to pay taxes on the val- for fair market value of yes. that car. Okay? Yes. For, so if you're selling drugs, I know they want your income. It, isn't that crazy? <laughs> well, but they makes, say it. Every it year. makes sense. But I mean, come on, uh, I, I'm a, I, I'm going to be selling drugs. I'm going to report it to the IRS. Yeah. What do you put on the line for your income? <laughs> Cash. Uh, pharmaceutical. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number four on this list on red flags, reasons you may get audited. Out of the ordinary deductions, sometimes returns are selected based solely on a statistical formula. The IRS says we compare your taxes against norms for similar returns. So remember now, the IRS has statistics like crazy. They have numbers. Every year they come out with the, the IRS data book, and it's just a thick book with all of these numbers. And every, So everybody who runs a business like yours, they know the numbers. Mm-hmm. They know what their income is and then what percentage of their are, is, uh, is an expense, right? So they know these numbers. Mm-hmm. And so if your numbers are out of the norm, well, it's, it's a red flag. It's like, well, hey, why, why is this? Most people give this much to charity. This person gave 10 times that to charity. That doesn't seem right. What's going on? Yeah. And so, like, how does it work behind the scenes? Is a lot of that done with artificial intelligence? They're just reading these numbers as they go through, and then it flags some of them, and then it goes to a human who then makes that determination? More and more and more and more. It's it's uh, it's the AI. Mm-hmm. Right? It, all of this. And I don't know if we should all... If we should be encouraging this, my you know my own opinion is that you know, you're worried be- about the CP2000 robot showing up yes. in your house. <laughs> well, they're going to show up, right? And but it, again, it's it's really about um, and if it's well, if you it's the same argument that you hear all the time about crime. You know, if you're not well, if you're not doing anything wrong, what are you afraid of? Right? Right? Why why shouldn't you let the police in your house whenever you feel like it? Right? Whenever they feel like coming, if you're in. not doing anything wrong financially. Why right. are you worried about exactly. it? Exactly. And so, but you know, but you I have think broader the big, concerns. The big the big. Uh, uh, the, the big eyes of government everywhere. It's just not. It's not seemly. Yeah, you. Uh, yeah, you. You have, you have deep thoughts about these things, Stephen. Yes. You and I have great conversations <laughs> about it. Okay, three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. I still have two more to get through. We got some more questions coming in on the text line. You can call us on the phone line too. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. People can reach you where Stephen. Three one two. 
664-6649. Always happy to answer any questions. Fightbacknow.com for sure. All right, let's take a break. Then we'll have news coming up from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom, and then we'll have another half hour of Let's Get Legal. Stephen A. Leahy, who used to be one of the folks walking around in a green shirt, stumbling through downtown. Not so much as many more, Stephen. Are no, you? But I you see, like seeing it. I do like to see it. It's the it's the uh, it's the old city back. Yeah, so good. there you go. We got questions on the line, so we're going to take a pause in our six things that might get you audited. I know you have your own list too. You ready to take some questions, Stephen? Sure. That's what you live for. All right, let's go to Diane. We have two Dianes. I'm going to the Diane on line one. Diane, how are you doing this afternoon? Doing pretty good. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. What's your question? Okay. This, in over 50 years of filing, never had this. Uh, last year when we filed, we were getting a refund. When it came, it was $40.07 more than we expected. Okay. It, it kind of a red flag, the $0.07. Cents, but we thought a letter would follow. Never came. January of this year, we received a 1099 from the IRS as marked as income from the IRS. For how much? For totally. the $40.87 or for the entire refund? For No, just for the $40.07. That's so And weird. they told us to list it on our Schedule B. Huh. And we did. It didn't affect our refund this year. But my bottom line is, let's say they had made, made a mistake of $200 or 250 and that income this year would have put us in another tax bracket right. or a tax liability. How could we have handled that by, you know, by not paying more tax? Could we have just sent them a check with a copy of the 1099 and said, here's your money back? Let's let Stephen jump you know, in I, here. I've never seen a 1099 come from the, IR, from the IRS. I've never seen it. So, so weird. I, I don't, I don't know how common it is. I've never, you know, usually. You think if, they just want the $40 If they back. overpaid me, I should give them the $40 back. But not, they're going to get a it, fraction of that because it's just, they're just getting the income tax on the. Although, although, you know, the paperwork and everything might be, but that doesn't make any sense. That's the so the, the weird. IRS never, the IRS doesn't care about that stuff. They, they, they'll, I've seen bills for two cents. <laughs> I have. You know, so they send you stuff. So I don't know. I That's don't, weird, Diane. I'm curious about that because I've never heard that before about somebody getting a 1099 because the IRS overpaid them. I've I, never heard that. I imagine the answer would be yes, you'd call the IRS and you'd try yes. and chat through it with them, Diane. And say, Just, hey, wait, that wasn't income. That right. was your error. You sent it to me. It's not really income. Although, right, 16th Amendment. From whatever yeah, source. Yeah, from whatever source. Even us. Yes. Diane, the one question about going into another tax bracket, I'm sure you know this, but just for any listeners who worry about going a dollar over into the tax bracket, don't worry, you're still paying the bulk of, you're only paying the dollars over that amount of the tax bracket exactly. at that new rate. I know a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, I want to stay below this number. No, it's only the income over that amount that gets taxed exactly. at that rate. Exactly. Diane, great call. Thanks for that. Okay. And uh, I'm sorry we don't have a better answer but for you. But now I'm curious. Yeah. So, I'm going to find <laughs> okay, out. Okay, thanks. Thank All you. right, there you go. Uh, let's go to, is it Lena? Lena, you're on uh, WGN. How are you doing, Lena? Good, how are you? Great. What's your question? So my father passed away over a year ago in December. I'm sorry. Like, not this December, the one before. Thank you. Um, and within this last year, I think it was October or so, we um, took the money from his IRA and his trust savings, and I put it into his trust bank account, which I'm in the POA for. So I've been having it sit there 
because I have three other siblings that I need to disperse that to after I do the taxes. Right. I'm married. We usually file jointly. I don't make a ton of money. My husband makes most of the money. Mm-hmm. I'm a part-time employee. I have children. Mm-hmm. So how do I file this properly, and how much am I going to have to pay towards the trust? So the, the IRA was like 106000 and the trust money that he was investing was like 45000 when it was taken out. And you put it immediately into a trust bank account, right? Yes. So it hasn't been dispersed my name's on it. Mm-hmm. It has not yet been dispersed. No, it has not. I was waiting to do the taxes. Mm-hmm. So I, I, are you asking about your own tax or the trust tax? Because, right, the well, trust has to like, do with taxes. Because I normally file jointly with my husband, mm-hmm. but I had to create an EIN number yes. to pull the money out of the IRA one. Should I file a separate return in my name only for just the Wells Fargo stuff and then file a separate return with my husband jointly for a regular income? Uh, what What was the EIN for? For not for you because your your EIN is or it's not an EIN it's your, your social security is your social security number right EINs for the trust for it would be a company but the trust would already have one if they already had a bank account huh you know they, they would you would well, think that they already had one yeah the financial officer at Wells Fargo to release to re- withdraw the IRA money which the, was the one hundred six thousand something mm-hmm. I had to create an EIN number hmm that sounds like the trust was maybe didn't have a. a, a a, an EIN. Okay, so, so they, they got then the trust had to get an EIN. Then they opened up a bank account with the trust, and then the money went into with the trust bank account. Then, so and it's not dispersed yet, though. That shouldn't matter for yeah. your personal no, taxes, not right? Not yet till it gets dispersed. Right. So it shouldn't matter on. It's not like income on you, your end, uh, uh, Lena. Mm-hmm. So I'm just uh, wondering if they're going to take more taxes because it looks like I made all this money and I didn't. <laughs> you know, like. As far as like my husband's right, income, I'm really right. just very green at all that. Well, yeah. generally, you want to you don't want to file your own tax return because your taxes go up. Right. right? You pay more taxes when you file married filing separately. So stay joint together. So, so you want to stay together if you know unless there's some obvious benefit for yeah. not doing that, and almost never is. So stay jointly the income, but she shouldn't get taxed on that income because she got it went into a bank, right? Not until it gets dispersed. It's not her money yet. Yeah, it's not your money yet. So if some if they were to say what happened here, that's a situation where you could show the paper route and show what happened, right? Which is why you got the EIN, right? Because it's not yours. So you should be good just to file as normal, Lena, until mm-hmm. that money gets distributed to you and your siblings it's not income yet yes does that make sense lena okay yeah so but i will have to pay taxes on that this year no i don't think so you haven't gotten the money it gets dispersed to you this year well the year that it gets dispersed to you that's when you'll pay so you get it this year then you'll file next year right because the money hasn't been dispersed so i I file my taxes and then once i you know cut a check to all my siblings and i close that account Chase Bank will send me some K form, is what you're saying? Uh, yes, or a 1099, a 1099, what they call yeah. uh, R or B or, uh, uh, I'm trying to think, interest, I-N-T. Some other letter. Yeah, some <laughs> other, yeah. So, yeah. They'll... But I can expect that from the bank because it's in a trust, and once I close that out? Yes. Yep. Okay. All right. Thanks, Lena. And yeah. if you have any other follow-up questions, where yeah, can you reach you at? This stuff gets complicated. It does. And sometimes it's hard to f- to over the radio when you're when you're describing yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. Because it, it, it's so important to you. You know the details so well. And, and so when you when you um, t- 
tell me or on the radio, sometimes some of the specifics are lost. So I'd be happy to spend a little bit more time with you if you call me at 312-664-6649. And if I can't answer the question, I can put you in in contact with someone who certainly can. All right. Thanks very much, Lena. Hey, tell you what, we'll take a break, and then we got a second Diane calling in. We'll do that after this on WGN. Uh, Let's go to Diane with a question for Stephen A. Leahy, who does a lot of tech stuff. Diane, uh, welcome to the program. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Uh-huh. Um, my question is in regards to GoFundMe accounts. Ooh. And I was just wondering, a recipient of a GoFundMe account, which is usually done, you know, for the family of someone who died, maybe, right. um, that so it's to pay funeral expenses or medical expenses that were accrued. How does that work out as far as is that income to the people who receive it? That's a great question, and the answer is sometimes, right? Mm. Because really, these are gifts, and gifts aren't taxable, right? When I, if you give somebody a gift, uh, that's not taxable, and so most right. people will will couch this and say, "Hey, this is a gift. I'm gifting this on this GoFundMe page because somebody needs help, and and I'm making a gift to them." Now, sometimes the IRS then will will uh, object and say, "Wait, this is income," so it, so. On, on a situation like yours, like you're saying someone died and, and it, they're giving gifts, I think that's a, that's clearly not income. Right. That's a gift. So I guess what you could say is like money raised during crowdfunding is taxable with a donor. Get something in value. Yeah, well, right? crowdfunding is like different. Yeah. No, 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 go fund me if yes. someone's like, oh, I'm starting a company and I'll give you exactly. a poster for every $100 donation I get. That would be that's taxable, taxable income. Yes. But if it's, you know, for, hey, here's a gift, you're going through hard times. Exactly. Then would, that's a gift. That makes that sense? Wouldn't be ta- that wouldn't be taxable. That makes sense, Diane? That wouldn't, yeah, that does. It makes very much sense. So you wouldn't really have to even bring it up on no, the taxes. No. Right? Although, okay. although GoFundMe okay. might send you a 1099. Right? Yeah, I don't that's, know. That's the way it works. But then days. you can explain the 1099. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. Okay. Great advice. Thank for you. For sure. It's rarely uh, we, it's we, not we, advice. It's just information. Oh, right. <laughs> Stephen's uh, obligated to say that. Yeah. And uh, that's as concise of an answer we've ever given, Stephen. But no, that makes total sense. Income well, I you pay, start it with sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> you get taxed on things that are income, that's not correct. gifts. The gift thing is crazy. We do a great segment with uh, Mesero, our fine folks and uh, partners with Your Money Matters. And uh, later on this month, we're going to be talking about gifts because it is so confusing. People think that it's always taxed and that, or if it's over X amount, it's taxed. There's just these different thresholds that the IRS wants to know about it. But it doesn't... And then who pays the tax? Right, exactly. People think if I get a gift, then I'm paying the tax. And really, you don't pay the tax. The person who gives the gifts pays the tax. It gets confusing. I'm more confused than when you started that sentence. (laughs) So, Okay, so a couple more alarm bells. We've gone through... Let me give the first four again from Washington Post. Uh, It's if you're a millionaire, you could get audited. It's a red flag. It doesn't mean you will be. It's like 1% of millionaires get audited. Um, Failing to report all your income and forgetting that the IRS is getting those income, that information about you. Uh, Out of the ordinary deductions, we talked about that. Here's one. Showing a pattern of losses for your small businesses. So is that a red flag? Well, it's a red flag because the business, they'll say it's not a business. It's a hobby. Mm. And this is where people get, you know, so if I'm a photographer and I do it on the side and I'm taking pictures, but it's really just a hobby and I'm taking losses to offset my income because I'm, maybe I'm making a lot of money here and I just offset my income and say, hey, here, I'm taking all these pictures. I'm going to great places. And, oh, I'm going to Great Britain exactly, for, uh, yes, for my to take photo- these pictures. Ah. And then I deduct it. Then they'll say, no, that's a hobby. That's not deductible. Right. And you can get penalized for 
well, filing that stuff. For the most part, they'll just say you owe us what yes, you owe us. That's right. Okay. Yeah, I have a friend. I'm not going to name their names, and they're a lawyer. They should know better. They said to me, they're like, I want to start a podcast just so I can claim all these deg- deductions. I'm like, well, well, if you're a if you're an attorney, I'm an attorney with podcasts, I, and everything I use for the podcast is deductible. But you, it's legit. You're <laughs> he wants to talk about movies once a month on a podcast. So uh, I guess it depends. That's a hobby. Yeah. That would be a hobby. And but again, the the they look at this um very very carefully when you the the rule the kind of rule of thumb if you make if your business doesn't make money in 2 years or 2 out of the 5 years, okay. then it's a, a they'll call it a hobby. Now, the IRS in the tax code, it doesn't say that, so people could object to that. Okay. Okay, okay. Uh here's the next one. Claiming business deductions for meals Travel and entertainment can be a red flag. Agree or disagree? Well, I mean, it, it could be, I guess. Uh, m- remember, since COVID, they, it was 100%, and then it was, now it's going to go back to 50%. Of or, your meals. Of, and it's not meals that you just have by yourself, yeah, right? That's Those right. It's, meals you have, if with, it's part of a, if it's part of a part team. Of an event, yes. Then, so, you know, it's like every other uh, expense. If I take too many of them, yeah, it's a red flag. It's because it's like, you know, can you eat five meals a day right. that are tax deductible? <laughs> So if I buy Iridian coffee, our great producer, and we have a meeting over coffee, and it's part of my business, that's a deduction. I think that's deductible, yes. All right, great. Is that advice no, or is that information? That's, that's information. <laughs> <laughs> All right, those are six. Uh, you've got a couple more? Uh, okay, you, so have, you have like nine on I your list. I do have nine on my list. One is if you're a tax protester, right? So, And this happens if you think that the IRS doesn't have the authority to, uh, <laughs> to tax you. Wait, you're one of those people that thinks like... This is unconstitutional. Yes. Okay. So, uh, if, how can people say it's unconstitutional when it's written in the Constitution? Well, that because it because the it wasn't ratified correctly. Oh, some will say that the ratification process got was, stretched out too long, or, or was or some didn't really some states really didn't accept it. Or, so there are these arguments, and are they valid arguments? They're kind of valid arguments. There are they're, they're valid in the sense that there's an argument to but be it's made. Not, yeah, but it's not. It's not really an argument. You could but have an intelligent conversation. The, the courts about will it. say it's constitutional. Yes. You have to pay taxes. If you don't pay taxes, you will go to jail. So right. that's really what it comes down to. Okay, so don't be one of those don't, folks. Don't or a, if you are one of those folks, fight it the way you want. But the way is, is so not to pay. Your, come to me. Yeah. Come to me and say, "Hey, will you represent me?" It's like, "Hey, no, I pay my taxes. I won't represent <laughs> you because I I think you're. It's a frivolous argument. It's yeah. a frivolous argument. That makes sense to me. So okay, what else? We you already got? talked about charitable contributions. Um, I, I have that repeated loss on home income. That's one of my nine. Uh, repeated on, loss on here, home income? Oh, on, uh, uh, on, on the, this business, home, yeah. home business. Here's the big one. Uh, use an unscrupulous tax preparer, right? So what happens is well, you find someone, someone tells you, oh, I got this tax preparer. I get three times the, the mm. refund I used to give. And then you get it. You do it. He does your taxes, and the IRS sends you the money. And you say, well, it's, it's got to it. be legit. Right. So then you tell your friends and fr- family. You say, wow, this guy's the best. And everybody starts using him. And everybody's getting a big refund. And then three years later, everybody that that, that tax preparer prepared taxes for is going to get audited because they know who he did. They know his his records. And then everybody gets audited. So that's a way to get audited. Can you get in a lot of trouble as an individual if you trusted a tax preparer who's legit? Or is it the tax preparer that gets in trouble the most? Well, you know, you sign your tax pre- pre- uh, your tax return under penalty of perjury. So you are... So well, you l- can't... But let's say you, you didn't know and the person told you and then you trust that person. I, I, he, I had never seen the IRS go after people like as, as criminal. You know, I've, and I've right. had this happen before. And I've had a lot of people that come to me because... You'll they owe the some, IRS what you owe you them. Will but they're not going to put back. you in jail if a CPA... They're not the going to And they might look, at, look for you to help you help them put that other person in jail 
right? To be a witness against that person. I've seen that. Right. So, uh, and, and so then they might ask you to do that. But usually you'll say, I didn't know. But here's the thing. Look at your tax return. You signed it under penalty of perjury. Most people don't look at it. And they say, all they look at is, what's my refund? Oh, right. that's a big number. I like that. But then look back because they come back and they say, oh, what about all these businesses? That you know, All these business deductions. And the person says, I don't own a business. Well, it's on your tax return. Uh-huh. I didn't know it was on my tax return. I've seen that happen many times. Yeah, that you've got to know. Well, they don't. and that's all, but, but the IRS never came after them. That's right. my point. It's like, then you say, hey, I trusted this tax professional and they... You know, right. they, they cheated for me. Where can people reach out to you, Stephen? Call me, 312-664-6649. Happy to answer any questions for you. Fightbacknow.com. If you own a business or if you're in the tax world, if you're a tax professional and you want to get part of my on my uh, podcast, Talk Back Now, uh, Tax Talk Today, I mean. <laughs> you should know the now. name of your own podcast <laughs> if you're claiming any deductions, Stephen. Today's Tax Talk. All right, for uh, sure. And so that... But again, uh, and I'd be happy to put you on my mailing list and send you my, my podcast every day.